Hey guys, welcome back to another season of It's the Love of God for Me podcast. My name is Melissa and I am so excited to have you on this journey with me. If you are new to this podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Put on your seatbelt. This is going to be an amazing ride. transition into 11th grade one of my teacher called me and he sat down with me and he began to speak life into me I tell you the, the power about speaking life into others he began to speak life into me and he was saying to me Melissa I know well back then they called me by my last name but for now we say Melissa I know that you have potential I see great potential in you. I don't know why it is that you don't show any interest in your schoolwork because whatever schoolwork that you show great interest in, you always achieve good grades, you know? And, um, you know, he was just speaking to me, but while he was talking to me, my mind was just going back to the fact that the few times that my family was called to my school was... The few times that my family was called to my school was nothing good in terms of my reports. My reports, they were just always, if I get a B there, the rest of them was just C, D, and so on and so forth. And I was already so accustomed to that. It's as if I was accustomed to failing. So it became a norm for me. And I remember him saying to me, "You, it doesn't stop here. If you are really serious, it's not too late. And I don't know, when he spoke to me, it, it was as if he awakened something in me. And I began to pursue my, my, um, my, 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 you know, I started to buckle down because my friends that I had at the time who no followed the school because of pregnancy, this one stopped coming because of this. This one can't bother with school anymore. They wanted to go, go out there, go see what life has to offer, so on and so forth. So I was left with probably about one or one friends out of the group of girls that I was, was hanging out with. And I realized that it was time to buckle down. So I began to buckle down. I began to study. I began to put my mind to the things having to do with school. And so one of my family member, I mean, let me just put it that way. One of my family member is a male. Um, you know, I begin to bond with him because, you know, he was living on the family, family plot at the time. And, you know, I started to look to him as though I looked to my aunt, you know, before she moved. So I begin to talk to him about, yeah. And then he also started to take an interest in my schoolwork and the things that having to do with me. And I find myself just always wanting to be around him. We play games together with his with his children we we just we started to build that bond you know somebody i look up to have great respect for and i can remember him always just speaking life into me as well saying listen put your mind to it prove them wrong they already feel like you're a failure so you can do this put your mind and you know he speak spoke life over me and so on and so forth and so because of that i cling to him because i was now seeing in him what i was missing from my mom you know he was present i was seeing within him what i was missing from my dad he was listening to me 
and I can remember just bonding with him so good. You know, on late nights, I'm, I'm by his house, we're playing games, all of that. You know, I'd stay over the night, you know, because it's not like he lived alone. You know, he had lived with other persons and his children and so on and so forth. So it was one big family. And, you know, my grandmother would always say to me, why, why were you always going by that house? Why are you always going by that, by that house? You're not, you're not staying down here anymore. But I never paid attention to, to my grandma because, you know, when you're getting older, you start to get a little bit rebellious and you start to think you know everything and you start to think that you're a big person, you know what's best for you. Teenagers, your your parents, or your, your your guardians, your, your whoever is over you that is guiding you knows more than you do. They know more than you do. Why? Because they're more experienced with life than you are. You don't know the world. They do. So if they tell you something, especially when it have to do with your well-being, please, please be receptive. So my grandmother would always warn me, but, you know, I, it wasn't a stranger. It was my family. And so I remember my relative, you know, started to travel abroad to work. And... You know, every time when he would call the house, he always wanted to speak to me to find out how I was doing in school, to find out, you know, how is everything? Are you okay? Are you happy? So on and so forth. And so I was always excited to talk to him. I didn't have a phone, so I was always excited to talk to him because by that time, now, you know, one and two persons in the yard can buy a phone and so on and so forth. So when he would call, I was so excited to talk to him. And I remember one day when he called, and he, as he was talking to me and questioning me, are you okay? How is everything when Nancy talked to your dad when Nancy and so on and so forth? He asked me this question. Do you have a boyfriend? And my response was no. And he said, make sure you don't have any boyfriend because I don't want any boys, any, any man to spoil you up. And you know, I, I, I heard him. Um, for some reason in my gut it felt off but I just took it that you know you're my relative so you just want to see the best for me and I noticed that from that day every time we talk he's always asking this question and reinforcing in my mind to make sure that I didn't have a boyfriend I can remember just not wanting to talk to him on the phone anymore because I couldn't understand. He said he asked me about games that I play today and um, talk about the things that we normally talk and talked about. You want to talk to me about boyfriend and man spoiling me up. And that conversation started. I remember one day I was standing in front of one of my relatives while he was talking to me on the phone. And I felt I wanted to run. I wanted to scream. I wanted to say I didn't want to take the phone anymore. But... I just, I have no idea. I just stood still and just listened. Well, I don't know why I did that, but I did it. Again, until you're in the situation, you really know how you would operate. People can say what they think they would do, but when you're in the situation, it's a complete different ball game. So at this time, who remember the CD player that is flat? So we transitioned from Walkman to CD player. That little wrong thing that you press and it opened and you put the CD in, that was the big 
thing on the market. So when I go to school, if you don't have a CD playing, I say nothing. No, I, I, phones were hope, but my dad would not dare to allow me to have a phone. So I took my mind off phone. But this CD player thing, I wanted one so bad. And I remember one night when he called me, I, I told him, I said, can you please bring a CD player for me when you're coming? And he said, sure, no problem. Anything for you, that is nothing. And I was so excited. I couldn't sleep. I was counting down the days when the CD player was going to come because I, I was going to be the next big thing at school too, you know? And, um, you know, we tend to, when we go to school, we want people to think that we're rich at school. We don't want them to know that our life is poor. So anything that is in the trend, we, we want to have it as well. And so I couldn't wait to get my CD player to go and show off to that. Listen, I, hello, hello, my family's rich. <laughs> so he came back from abroad and I can remember going by him every day. And I would say to him, Let's, let's, let's call him John. Okay, let's call him John. I would say to him, John, did you, did you brought the CD player for me? And he said, yes, I did it, but I don't, I, I did, but I don't, I don't open the suitcase yet that it's in. Days turned into weeks, weeks was going into a month. Every day after school, I would go to him, John, did you bring the CD player for me? Oh, Yes. Just give me some time. No, I'm going to open the suitcase as yet. Until I stop asking. I remember one day I came from school. Getting ready to, you know, exam time coming around. And I was buckling down. I was studying. And I came from school. And he called me. And he said, hey, can you come and go to the shop for me, please? And I, I went, you know. I went. But when I went inside the house, I realized that his children was not home. His, his significant other wasn't home. Nobody was in the house but just him. And <laughs> there's something about atmosphere. And I think even as a child, I had discernment. I, I, I discern in the atmosphere that I needed to get out of that place. And it was so strange, but I just felt that. But... By the time I look back, he already closed the door behind me. You know, so I kept my composure. And I begin to, you know, say, okay, let me go to the shop for you. And that was when my life took. You heard I said earlier, 360 turn. Well, it took an, uh, a 950 million turns. If there's so, no, so, so, um, so, any such thing as that. To be honest, my listeners, my life took a drastic turn that day. I was held on. I was forced to comply and I was raped that day. To be honest, if I should be really honest as the Lord wants me to be, this person didn't even use a protection. I was held on and I was raped by a man that I looked up to, by, by someone I trusted. 
by someone I thought took the place of my mom and my dad because he was now listening. Can I take the time to say to my listeners, especially if you are a parent, if you don't make yourself available for your child or, or to, for, for if you don't make yourself available that you're able to listen, to be a listener when it comes to your child, if you're always this parent that because you're a parent, you know everything and you, you're, you don't allow your child to have a voice, guess what? They're going to turn to the next person that is listening to them. If your child is not able to, that your child don't feel as though they have that safe place in you as a listener. I want to say listener, I mean you actually heard. Not just hear, but you heard that child. If you don't create that safe relationship, that safe space where your child can run to you and say, listen, my, 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 I have a pimple here. And your child have to think twice before they come to you because they don't know you might respond in a way that shut them or silence them down. Best believe that the enemy is going to give them someone that will appear to be listening. And the end might not turn out well. Make this be a warning. Not because we're parents, we know everything. Our children have voices too. They hurt too. And a lot of times they don't speak about it. But it is your job and your responsibility as a parent to figure that out. For God has entrusted them in your hands. And you will give account unto God for these children. I can remember after this happened to me and he got up, he threw a rag at me and said, clean up yourself. And he said unto me, if you, if you say it, if you talk, he said, make sure you don't tell anybody, you know, make sure you don't tell anybody. And to had insult to injury he gave me the cd play after as if that was to make up for what he did now i took the cd play and i left because i didn't know how to respond you know sometimes things happen to us and we we just it's as if you're numb i didn't know how to respond and maybe if i had responded a different way maybe i wouldn't be talking to you here today Maybe if I'd give any impression as if I was going to talk. Maybe, who knows, a lot of these young girls that you see are missing today. You find their bodies at bush. Sometimes it's, the, it's their own family member that is responsible for their kidnapping and murder. Who knows if I had resisted that day. Maybe I wouldn't be talking to you here today. And I thank God that I have salvation now, that I'm sharing my testimony. Because if I was sharing this at a time when I was not saved, I would have been calling names and that would not be good. 
But because I'm not trying to stir up something that I've buried or that the Lord has buried when it comes to that, I will just I'll just go according to the leading of the Holy Spirit and not self. So this person did what he did and he gave me the CD player and I left. And I can remember going back home. I don't remember in detail what I did after that. I just know that I was numb. I was trying to process what just happened to me. And that was when the devil um, entered into my life. That was when the devil now started to do his work. After that raped, I gave up completely on school. I gave up completely on God. A part of me blamed God because and can I say it happened more than once? He would always find a way to trap me for me to be alone so that he could have his way. And I was afraid to talk because I felt like nobody would have believed me. Or I was afraid to talk and then I would have ended up missing because I believe that he was capable of these things. I had witnessed things that he had done, so I know that he's capable of these things. And so, after that incident, I left the whole church and God alone. I gave up on God. I stopped going to church. I stopped trying to see if I could buckle down in academics. I didn't care. In fact, I graduated from school with the most outstanding student of the year in English language and nothing really much. I didn't graduate with anything much from high school. And so I gave up everything I remember one day I was having a conversation with my grandmother and she started to explain to me why I had to live with her. So I found out that my, when I was very young, maybe two years old, I used to live with my mom. And so one day, my brother, the one that I told you that is older than I am, went to school. Teacher held him on his hand and found out that he had a scar because of his response to the pain. When they took off his shirt, his back was badly beaten by the same man. So the, the alert authorities and, you know, went to the house. I think the man was maybe on the rooftop working at the time. I think I saw the police come in and he ran. My mother took the fall, so she was locked up for around six months or a good while. I found out that um, 
is a CD, child, child's custody. They took my brother, myself and my brother away from her and we were in children's homes. We were not allowed to live with either parents. And so my mother, mom, um, took my brother and my grandmother took me. So I was not allowed to live with, live with either parents. So even though I had the opportunity to go stay with them for a while, if CD had found out or if Child Protective Services had found out that I was living with them, I think it probably would have been a problem. So that was the reason why I was living with my grandmother this whole time. When I got that information, everything began to make sense. And I realized that I was with my grandmother, not because I really wasn't wanted, but because of just circumstances and life. After that rape happened and finding that out, I, 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 I was just trying, I, I became a whole nother person. I wasn't listening to anything grandma was saying to me anymore. Cause no, I mean, I graduated from high school. I was about to graduate from high school. I was in my 16, because I graduated very young from high school. I think I was 16 years old at the time. And, or maybe 50, somewhere there, I was very young. I wasn't listening to anything my grandma was saying. So she and I, we were butting heads. Butting heads. Because it was as if What's the sense? <laughs> Why even try to... What are you trying to do? There's nothing left of me to try to build or to straighten or to rep or to save. No, I, it's, it's, it's like I felt like I came to a stumbling block in life and that was just it for me. That was just it for me. So nothing my grandma was saying to me at this point makes sense. And I became rebellious. I decided I was done with God because I was serving you and you failed me. You, you allow this thing to happen to me. Isn't that what we say to God when we're going through situations? That is why God has sent me here to you today. God, I'm done with you because it is your fault. If, you're, if God really real, if God exists, how could you sit and watch me suffer this way. You know my pain. These are the things we like to say to God when we start to go through things, seasons of shifting that we don't understand. And I must say that not every season is comfortable. Some are really painful. But I, I believe when God have a hand in it, it will all make sense in the end. Before we get to all that goodness, before we get to, it's the love of God for me. Let us go back. I became rebellious. Psalms 51. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. 
so you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness in that womb, and you taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with Ipsop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O Lord, and renew the right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew the right spirit within me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray.